Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode today of Hope for Hard Times. We're going through 1st and 2nd Peter. This is episode 5, and the title is The Holiness of the Heaven Bound. It's the episode for Sunday, August 6, 2023. Well, we're glad you're here today, and we're jumping right in. Something that I have noticed in recent times, the last few years, is we will often hear people talk about grace, you know, and they just about say it just like that. Well, grace is a biblical concept for certain. We are saved uh, by grace through faith. It's not of our works. It's God does it. Completely agree with that. I understand that. But what I think is starting to happen is many people who believe they're living by grace are actually slipping more and more into the idea that it just covers a really sloppy Christian life in terms of things that they should not be saying or doing or thinking and maybe not even doing the things the Lord wants them to do. At least that's how it strikes me oftentimes. I want you to listen to some truth here today. These are the words of Jesus Christ in John 14, verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Whoa, you don't hear that mentioned a lot today. And listen to what the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Listen to verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. What can we say about what we've just read? Hope, true biblical hope, and that's not like, I hope Jesus is real. I hope he saves me. That Greek word for hope means a certitude. It's certain. It's as good as done. Hope produces, wait for it, holiness. Did you know that? If you thought the Lord Jesus Christ was coming this afternoon, you would clean up your life. <laughs> or maybe you're walking with the Lord so closely, you would say, I, don't, I wouldn't have to do that. I'm, I have true hope, and it is producing holiness in me. Hopefully, you could say that. But for many professing believers, if they thought that they would meet the Lord Jesus Christ, 
uh, tonight at 10.30, it will cause them to have to totally get in repentance mode and clean up their life. This is wrong. Hope that's real. Hope produces holiness and even in times of suffering and persecution. <clears throat> now, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 15, or rather 14 to 21 today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 to 21. And we read here, As obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Now, let's just stop right there because we're going we're gonna to really break down this verse. We are called here obedient children. That is uh, children of obedience. Children, watch the Greek word here. It means to listen up under. That is, we're like children of the Father, and the Father is teaching us truth, teaching us about himself, teaching us how to live in this world, and we are, we are obediently, eagerly listening up under his instruction. So we are characterized, if we're true believers, by obedience. Now, does that mean that we never mess up? Well, of course not. But it means that the overall bent and desire and characteristic of our life is we want to please the Lord. We want to live in a way that is, is worthy of our, our calling. You know, we're not earning salvation, but it's because we have been given salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ that we are listening up under the Father, and, and therefore we are not going to keep on doing something. What is that? Well, as obedient children, and children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance. That phrase there, not fashioning yourselves, if you were to get into the Greek grammar, you would find out that through the, through the inspiration of the Spirit, the Apostle Peter is saying, hey, stop continuously molding yourself to the former lust you used to walk in when you didn't know anything. That's what he's talking about. Some of y'all love Jello. I like Jello. I remember when I played football briefly in high school, one of my favorite things about lunch at uh, football camp, the two weeks we were there, I liked all of the food, but I loved the Jello because it, it was in the summer and it was hot, and man, that Jello was so good. It was so cold and so sweet. It was great. <laughs> when they made that jello, they poured it into some kind of uh, tray or mold. And like if you're into, uh, you know, being a great chef and things like that, you'll use a mold to form the jello so it has some kind of flower design on it or something like that. Stop doing that in terms of making your life take on the form that it had before you knew Christ. Don't go back to what God saved you out of. That's a clear point. And it was something they were doing and when Peter wrote this. And he said, hey, stop doing this. Don't keep, I think J.B. Phillips, when he translated the New Testament, put it this way. Don't, 
Don't keep pouring yourselves into the mold of this world. We are to be shaped by the Lord Jesus Christ, not by a lost world. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance. The, the lust there is epithumio, epithumis. It means a, a strong desire, and it could be for, for anything, for money, uh, for, for popularity, or drinking, whatever you know, fill in the blank. Don't keep being formed back into what you were saved out of because when we were saved, it was in our ignorance. We did not know or understand the way we were living was wrong. But now we know, we have no excuse. Now, by the way, lest ye say that well, you're preaching law, you're preaching works, uh, you'd be wrong. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 4 through 10. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Listen, verse eight, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Notice over and over it said there, we're not, in, we're not of the darkness, we're not of the night, we're children of light, we're children of the day, and we need to get with it. That's just my paraphrase of that. Now, look at Titus chapter 1, verses 15 to 16. Unto the pure, that would be people who are truly saved, right? Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Now listen to verse 16. He's, he's talking about church people here. Really? Well, yeah, verse 16, because verse 16 says, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. And Titus 2, verses 11 to 14, for those of you who are constantly saying, grace, I don't know where that got started, but it's, it's a recent thing in the last few years. And it bothers me because I think something is meant that is not the biblical meaning of grace. Titus 2, 11 to 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Watch this, verse 12. I'm about to rock your world. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, 
righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It it gets even worse if you're not liking what I'm saying because I'm reading the Bible. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Whoa. So I'm going to say it again. We've seen how as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we now have hope. Hope even in suffering and persecution. This is not our world. This is not our home. And the world will treat us pretty poorly the farther we go into the end times. But we have an inheritance that's reserved for us. We can never be lost because we are now saved. We have a home in heaven. It's just going to get better and better and better. We have a certain hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this, the effect of this hope is it continually produces holy living in those who truly have the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thomas Brooks said, the obedience that springs from faith is the obedience of a son, not of a slave. You know, a slave, let's say in Greek times, in Roman times, when Peter wrote this, if they were a slave, which about 60 million people in the world at that time were slaves, almost everybody was a slave of somebody. There were very few free people uh, in Rome and, and in the Greek world. The vast majority of people who were Christians who heard this letter from Peter, they were slaves. And a, a slave has to obey, and they usually don't like it. But a son, it is his joy and honor and privilege to obey. Charles Spurgeon said, faith and obedience are bound up in the same bundle. He that obeys God trusts God, and he that trusts God obeys God. Thomas Brooks said again, though no man merits assurance by his obedience, Yet God usually crowns obedience with assurance. Eric Alexander wrote this, the evidence of knowing God is obeying God. And that's essentially what the Lord Jesus Christ said when he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that's John 14, 15. A.W. Tozer said this, the Bible recognizes no faith that does not lead to obedience, nor does it recognize any obedience that does not spring from faith. The two are opposite sides of the same coin. 
So we as the born ones of God, that's what uh, children means. God has born us again. We're the born ones of God. We listen up under to him and we learn from him and with his power, we are able to see our living transformed. And we should stop being poured into the jello mold of the world that we came out of. Now, I'm going to use some examples you will recognize right away, and then I'm going to plug it into one that will probably ring your bell, possibly. There's a, there's a, a, uh, a zeitgeist, the Germans called it, a world spirit, uh, the spirit of the age, in any given age. And from time to time, it'll be different things. But you could really see this in our day. Because whatever the zeitgeist is, the spirit of the age is, at any given moment, is pounded into people's brains through the mass media. For example, is there anybody in the entire world that did not know about the COVID pandemic? And do your part, get vaccinated, and all of that. I'm not even going down that road. Don't get me started. (laughs) Then it became Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And then it was woke, and now the whole trans thing. And you know what? Tomorrow, next week, next month, it'll be something else. But I want to zero in on one thing especially right here. And this is one that uh, I can hardly imagine very many would argue about, but it's a real one. I am appalled, shocked when I hear what comes out of the mouths of professing believers in Jesus Christ, apparently, and I didn't hear about this rule change, but it's totally okay for people who say they're born again to cuss like sailors. Well, you know what? It's like Adrian Rogers used to say, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. So if you're... Uh, how you talk is characterized that you're no different than the lost world, taking the Lord's name in vain, using profanity, uh, you know, cussing people out, road rage, everything you could name like that. You might do well to go like, whoa, wait a minute here. If what's coming up in the bucket is filth, then that must be what's in the well, which might mean I might not even be born again, and that will be worth exploring. You need to find out the answer to that. Because if you are born again, God wants to literally clean up your literally your language. But He will He will be cleaning up your heart from which that comes as well. You can't just do something superficial. It's being born again, and that changes your life from the inside out. So if you started thinking, well, it's okay, Christians uh, sound just like the world when they talk. And listen, I've been around athletes my whole life. I've been around, (laughs) I've been around the military, never was in it, but I grew up on army posts and Listen, I've just been around people in the military. My dad was in the army and all of that. Uh, I've been around and 
later years working in a construction company. Let me tell you what, people. People in construction, they can cuss, let me tell you. And I'm amazed, though, how many people in all these areas, sports, military, construction, church, how they can cuss like sailors. This, this is appalling. Well, Pastor Ed, we're under grace. We can do whatever we want. You have a severe misunderstanding of the grace of God, and you need to repent. Now, let's go back to 1 Peter. And uh, if you're disagreeing with me, like I said a while ago, it's going to get worse. Hang on. <laughs> In 1 Peter 1, uh, where are we here? I've got myself lost here. All right. In 1 Peter 1, let me go back to verse 15, and then I'm going to, or 14 rather, and then I'm going to go into verse 15. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former loss and your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now that phrase, manner of conversation, is the uh, Elizabethan English way of saying what it says in Greek, you know, the, our manner of living, our lifestyle. In other words, there's, there's, it's not just talking about what we say. There should be no part of our life that is uh, not under the concept of we should be holy because he's holy. You know, how we conduct ourselves in an athletic uh, sports setting. You know, how we how we live and move and have our being. It's all within the realm of the holiness of God. Verse 16 says, because it is written. So Peter is quoting the prophets now. He's quoting the Old Testament now. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. You know, that should include how we dress. We might not have the most expensive clothes in town, but they should cover our bodies. Amen. I said it. Verse 17, if ye call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. That idea of sojourning is we are we are in another country, a strange country. We're just passing through. And because that's true, and we will give an account to the Father for the entire scope of the work of our life, all right? He says, we pass the time, or pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. You know what that word means in Greek? It means like, Terror. Now, I thought about this just before I started recording this episode. I think that if, if with the, the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus living in us, so that we have the grace from him to seeing our lives continually 
transformed more and more like him and we're not being poured anymore into the world's mold like a jello mold of sin, but we're letting God mold us and shape us, then I think that this will be that we spend our our uh, pilgrimage here, our sojourn here in this alien country, we do it with a reverential awe of God. But I think it might be fair to say that if we say we're Christians, but we are living like the devil and like the world, probably there will be terror when we think about that we're going to face the Lord. Either way, we're to pass the time of our sojourning down here in that fear of the Lord. That's something you don't hear much about anymore. You know, well, I go to church because a preacher preaches such wonderful sermons on about how to have a more happy marriage and home life. Hey, listen, forget your happy marriage and home life. Did, did, did Pastor just say that? I did. Here's my point. Some of you, maybe without meaning to, you've almost made an idol of a wonderful marriage and perfect children and the best corporate job and the most wonderful, exquisite home in the suburbs. There's nothing automatically wrong with any of that, but you can't put it in the place of obedience to Jesus Christ. Come on. And you know what I'm saying is true. If your family goes away from the Lord, too bad for them. Oh, well, I'm going on with Jesus that's got to be our attitude. Say, well, are you sure about that? Jesus said if, if anybody, you know, loves, the idea is, you know, you love people, anything before him, that is a big problem. Now, I think for a Christian, on average, by and large, the more we love the Lord and our family loves the Lord, we can have fulfilling homes and marriages and, you know, maybe a, uh, a family and a nice home or whatever, but we don't have to have that. And push comes to shove, if you have to choose, you're going to choose Jesus, no matter what anybody else does. That's where your heart and mind have to be. Is it easy? It is not easy. Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord. So, all right, I, I went way down on that a lot deeper than I intended to. All right, I'm okay again. Verse 18, listen. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, that means like a, their useless lifestyle, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, 
but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. You know, as opposed to trying to work your way to heaven or have a, uh, your best life now or whatever. All right, listen, let's, let's wrap this up right here. You've been a great listener today. And hopefully you're saying, Pastor Ed, I'm with you. I'm, uh, we're, we're down for the struggle. I'm, I'm with you. We are right on together. And so, amen. Then you know an episode you need to pass on to someone else, right? Amen. But listen, maybe for some listening today, when you're weak or discouraged, you're down, you're hurting, then this is what we should get out of this episode today. The holiness of the heaven bound. Because you're heaven bound and nothing and no one can steal your salvation from you, nor your heavenly inheritance that we learned about two episodes ago, which is going to be magnificent. And God is guarding it for us. Man, this is great. Listen, when, when you, when, when it's like Elvis said, when, when everything goes wrong, don't go with it, <laughs> right? That's, a, that's good advice from Elvis right there. When things just all go wrong, don't go with them. Stay the course. You know who you are and whose you are, and he's coming back, and you're going to be with him, and he's even got that eternal inheritance that he's guarding for you that will be yours. So when you're weak, discouraged, down, and hurting, I want you and me, we're going to double down on being holy as he is holy. Say amen right here. Amen. Right now, some of you are under the conviction of the Holy Spirit that you have been religious, you've been playing church, or maybe you hadn't done any of that, but you are lost. And that if you died right now, like my buddies used to say in the neighborhood back in the day, you'd bust hell wide open. And right now, some of you are going like, preach it, Pastor Ed, I would. Then you need to repent of sin, turn from sin, and turn to your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Have him give you the new birth that you would be saved, born again, become a child of God, that your life could then begin to be characterized as a a, a child of obedience, listening up under the Father and beginning to have that holiness of life because you're one of the heaven bound. You're on your way to heaven. Why not look like it on the way? Amen? Call on the Lord Jesus Christ and he will save you today. I have a phone number that you should write down. All of you should do this. Someone needs it, whether it's you or someone you know. 
Here's the number, 888-388-2683. One more time, 888-388-2683. Call that number. It's a Christian ministry where someone can answer your questions on how to become a Christian, how to be born again, how to live the Christian life. You could also go to this web address, www.bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. Let me spell that for you. www.bellevue.org forward slash J-E-S-U-S. www.bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. Well, as I've often said, not jokingly, if the Lord doesn't come first, or Satan, the deep state, or the World Economic Forum, or one of you listening, don't double tap me, then I'll be back with episode six of Hope for Hard Times. Thank you for listening. Like this episode, follow the podcast, and share it with someone right where you're listening right now, today. Bye-bye.